Yo, Jeff Bezos' ex-wife, Mackenzie, got the shit into the stick in her divorce, only walking away with $37.3 billion, making her effectively the fourth richest woman in the world. This and more on today's Dark Ratio Humor. Yo, damn. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? We are back for more dark racial humor. You know, it's that free flowing, in depth conversation about whatever is appropriate at the time. I'm your host, Bon Jen, back at it again with that fucking, that good, good that you can't live without the news, the opinions, the. You know, just the time, just this time that I get to spend here with you every day for about an hour, 40 minutes or so is really important. Just this one-on-one time. I hope you don't take this for granted because my co-host will be coming back real soon and it's going to be both of us and you're not going to be able to just listen to me. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, cheers this time. What's up, everybody? It's Bon Jen. Like I said, this is Dark Rachel Humor. It is episode 62 I think 62, 62 or 63. Thursday, April 4th, 2019. I'm almost live from Adobe House Records in South Los Angeles, California. We got a lot to talk about today. I always say it's a lot, but it's it's never a lot. It's like this episode is going to end up being like 20 minutes shorter than it should be because, you know, it's kind of hard to keep it going. When it's just me here, but hopefully I'll do what I can to keep you guys entertained. Um, beautiful day today. Went to work for a little bit, a couple hours, just a small meeting. Came back home, got that lift in, got to get the lift in. Trying to get in that last minute summer body, even though it looks like it's going to rain right now uh, in Los Angeles. But, you know, got to get in that last minute summer body so that I don't feel like a piece of shit uh, when the time comes. Because, you know, like, I'm not, like, really, really looking better. But at least I could tell myself I'm putting in the effort. So really trying to put in that effort. Really trying to not look like a piece of shit. Okay, so what's going on in the news today? Um, Well, nothing huge, honestly. Um, All the, all the big stuff already happened last week when we weren't here. So, you know, we're kind of taking it easy. Kind of taking it easy. Um right now so we're gonna kind of loft into this first story super simple super quaint um boeing what's up boeing boeing 737 one of those 747 so one of those jets okay so there were a couple plane crashes over the past month and they had to do with software issues uh Pilots were trying to control the plane. The plane was trying to go down. Pilots were like, nah, we're not trying to go down. So they were gaining and losing altitude at incredible speeds. People being thrown around in the plane. And eventually, both planes crashed. And over 150 people died. All the Boeing uh, planes of that model uh, were grounded. And so now... We're basically trying to get to the bottom of this, of course. Um, you had Twitter people, Twitter tribe yelling conspiracy theories, but um, 
Yeah, of course. Of course, that's what you're going to get. So, um, was it the FAA or Boeing actually came out with a statement? And it was regarding, um, it was regarding the crashes and, uh, what, uh, could have been done differently to perhaps prevent this, um, on Ethiopian Airlines and Lion Air. What they found might surprise you. Um, so let's take a listen real quick. Yeah, hi, Kate. This report, which really the entire aviation world has been waiting for, paints a very dramatic and stark picture of what happened in this very short flight, ending with these terrible fatalities. Simply put, it describes an airplane that at least four times automatically started diving toward the ground, according to the investigators, while the crew fought against that plane. They say that time and again they were getting erroneous readings about the angle of the plane. There were also some fluctuations in the indication of the airspeed and the altitude of the plane. In some cases, different readings from different sides of the plane and the whole time the crew was trying to fight it. In fact, there is evidence that uh, at one point they were able to pull back together. They started pulling back together. The captain asked the first officer to pitch up together. They both did and said the pitch was not enough. They were both pulling back numerous times in this flight trying to overcome this. There's also an indication that they did manage to figure out what the problem was. Um, a few minutes before it ended, they had diagnosed the problem and they had disabled this MCAS system, this automatic system we've been talking about so much that people think caused the dive. The problem was, that was three minutes before the crash, but they could not then adjust the trim to recover the aircraft according to this preliminary report. Uh, the bottom line is, uh, after all of this had happened, they were trying to go back. They simply could not get the plane to start coming up. It kept diving in. And, and one of the most startling things about this, they said the plane ended up in roughly a 40 degree dive, which would be something like that, at speeds approaching 600 miles an hour. Crazy. All right, so first of all, I am so terrified of planes. It's not even funny. Any bit of turbulence just like, it's, it's, it's just mentally exhausting being on a plane. I have to drink. I have to like, it's, it's awful. Imagine being on this plane, 40 degrees downward, 600 miles an hour. You're going up, you're going down. So, if you uh, weren't paying attention to what Mr. CNN was talking about, he was basically saying that um, this started happening, or this was happening six minutes after takeoff. So, plane wants to go down. Pilots are fighting against that shit. So, they got to pull on the steering wheel, or however you make a plane go up, but it's just not enough. Anyway, they diagnosed the problem a few minutes before they're about to hit the ground. They turn the shit off. Cool. It's off. But they can't recover from the fall. So, uh, yeah, they don't have, like, enough time. Super fucking terrifying. Let's see what else he has to say. Oh my God. As it finally went into the ground. So the, at least this preliminary report, and it will take months and months to get more information, the preliminary report describes a plane pitching through the sky as the crew fought it and the plane seemed to fight them. It does not assign blame. It does not say specifically we know why this was happening. Mm -hmm. It just says that the voice recorder and, uh, and the data recorder both indicate that this was going on with this plane. It started right after a normal takeoff 
and ended with the loss of all of these lives. Kate. And significant similarities between this, what, what happened to this plane, these final moments, and the final moments of the doomed Lion Air flight just less than five months before that. And yeah, that's it, it's, it certainly looks that way. And again, yeah. we have to get... Lion Air. Okay, cool. So, no, not cool. People died. <laughs> so now you know the story. I was seeing some... Um, just got to throw in a little bit of opinion from woke Twitter because I have to. It's dark racial humor. Someone was throwing around some some theories about the government, the Ethiopian government, like planning this or something. I don't know. Apparently, like tons of people from different nationalities were on that plane from all over the world. I don't know. It's just kind of interesting how people jump to uh, conspiracy theories that usually have no evidence instead of waiting for like preliminary reports like this that show what actually happened, you know? It's really interesting to see. We're going to be following this story uh, closely over the next couple of days, so stay tuned to Dark Racial Humor. Okay, awesome. What's next? Jeff Bezos is in the news again. Jeff Bezos, the man, the myth, the legend, the man who needs no introduction, the bald-headed god, Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos recently got divorced from his wife, Mackenzie Bezos. Probably was going to be the most expensive divorce in history. Mr. Bezos fucking uh, being something like, hold on, let me look at net worth, net worth. $149.2 149.2 billion dollars. So, Mr. Bezos and Mrs. X Bezos each issued statements regarding their their uh their uh their divorce. Jeff Bezos is going to be walking away with 75% of his Amazon shares. This is from nbcnews.com. The powerful business executive and his now ex-wife, Mackenzie Bezos, made separate announcements on Twitter. The powerful business executive, whose portfolio includes the Washington Post, and his now former wife, announced the dissolution of their marriage and separate statements on Twitter. I already said that. Quote, Grateful to have finished the process of dissolving my marriage with Jeff with support from each other and everyone who reached out to us in kindness, Mackenzie Bezos said. She also said she will be giving Jeff Bezos all of her interest in the Washington Post and Blue Origin and 75% of their Amazon stock, as well as voting control of her shares to support his continued contributions with the teams of these incredible companies. The couple, who married in 1993, have four children, said they look forward to their new relationship as (coughs) co-parents. I'm so grateful to all my friends and family for reaching out with encouragement and love. It means more than you know, Mackenzie most of all. Jeff Bezos wrote, I'm grateful for her support and for her kindness in this process damn that must have been a loveless marriage honestly i mean you got one guy cheating and they're both billionaires so you know they're both like i don't know they're gonna be fine it's interesting she just walked away with that fucking money like geez no harm no foul buddy 25 years huh i didn't know they had four kids but yeah no uh she gets 25 percent of uh, Mr. Bezos' Amazon 
stock, which effectively is 25% of 150, $37.5 billion. Jesus Christ. She's now the fourth richest woman in the world, according to International Business Times. The former Mrs. Bezos made the revelation about their divorce and saying she and Jeff have completed the process of dissolving the marriage in 25 years. She's happy to have done so. She relinquished all of her, Jeff all of her interest in the Washington Post and Blue Origin and Space Fight Tourism Company. What a nice team player. I don't know how much help she was doing, like, making those uh, companies, but awesome. Okay, so uh, that was that. Was that. that was a, a nice, clean, clean divorce. So uh, we haven't talked about Trump in a while. It's been a couple episodes. Let's, uh, let's jump into some Trump news, right? The other day, yesterday, on episode 61 of Dark Racial Humor, titled Creepy Uncle Joe, we were talking about um, ex-former uh, Vice President Joe Biden and his tending is uh, is his uh, likeness to being creepy? I don't, how do I say that? He likes to touch people inappropriately when they don't like to be touched. Super weird. Um, super awkward. Um, <laughs> uh, Donald Trump oh and we play the video that <laughs> that Joe Biden um, released yesterday, basically saying, I apologize for being old and creepy. I apologize for being out of touch. Uh, this is just the way I am, which is fine. But, you know, it kind of, it kind of, it gave me some weird vibes. So, Donald Trump obviously has to, uh, has to interject and say something, some kind of joke. He retaliated, well, not retaliated, he threw in, um, the video, a doctored video, and in the back of the video, I don't know if you can hear the video in the background, in, in the back of the video, it is um, a photoshopped cut-out animation of Joe Biden sneaking up behind the Joe Biden talking to the camera, putting his hands on his shoulders, and gently kissing him on the forehead that's funny apparently Trump found this on Twitter he didn't have someone make it um honestly it's it's honestly pretty funny like on like if I if I saw this and it wasn't tweeted by Donald Trump I would have laughed so that's how I saw it this time and I was like oh he he Donald Trump, Trump tweeted it so it's still fucking funny and I'm not like shocked and appalled that a president would do something like that because come on he was doing shit like this before he was president so <laughs> I don't I don't know there's really nothing nothing to be mad here it's kind of a funny joke <laughs> and even the even the women said too they don't think they they were sexually harassed they think that he just doesn't understand personal boundaries. Uh, the caption in this tweet is all caps. Welcome back, Joe. Let's read some of the. Uh, let's read some of the. <laughs> the responses are pretty good too. The responses are just pictures of Trump kissing girls that look like they don't want to be kissed. Oh man. 
Trump just destroyed the front-runner Democrat with one hard-hitting meme. A lot of support, a lot of, uh, a lot of hate. But what else are you? What else are you gonna? What else are you gonna fucking? Uh, what else are you gonna do? It's Twitter. We'll be right back with more dark racial humor. I just got up and I got uh, I refilled my water bottle and I always get anxious when I'm about to start the podcast but I feel like if I just like don't even think about it just jump into it like I'm jumping into a hot boiling pool of soup then it's a lot easier hey guys welcome back to dark racial humor free-flowing in-depth conversation about whatever is appropriate at the time I'm your host Bon Jen and today we're talking about everything that matters in the world we're kind of keeping it mellow here it's gonna be a shorter episode you know, kind of like a half day, casual Thursday. Uh, keep your shoes on, though. That's really unprofessional, David. Um, yeah, you know, just kicking back. Kicking back with your good pal, Bon. Oh, excuse me. I just ate some goldfish. Delish. Okay. So, what's next? Ba-ba-da-ba-ba-ba-ba. How about a little Snapchat news? I haven't said that in about fucking five years. All right. Snapchat news. Snapchat News Snapchat stories are coming to Tinder and House Party by Casey Newton on TheVerge.com. TLDR, if you can't beat them, join them. Let's jump into this. In a bid to attract more users and advertisers, Snap today said it, that it's pioneering stories product. That it's pioneer. There we go. That it's pioneering stories product will soon be available for developers to insert into their own apps. Tinder and video chat app House Party are two of the companies that have agreed to put Snap Stories into their own products with the Tinder integration expected sometime this summer. <coughs> the new integrations are part of App Stories, a new set of features including SnapKit, the company's developer platform. When the integrations are live, people will be able to send stories created inside Snapchat to other apps. It's similar to the way you can share a Spotify track to your Instagram story. It's unclear how stories will appear inside apps like Tinder as the integrations are still in development. While it seems like a natural place to put ads eventually, the company said that the product would not include advertising at lunch. launch, and it better fucking not. App Stories represents part of a suite of announcements Snap made for developers today as its partner summit in Hollywood. The company also plans to bring its popular Bitmoji avatars to more places, including Fitbit, where users will be able to add their personalized Bitmoji to their smartwatch watch faces the bitmoji will change throughout the day depending on the user's activity level and other environmental signals how fun how cute cannot wait snap also had one advertising product to announce the snap audience network a forthcoming service that will extend its advertising platform to other apps when it launches later this year other developers will be able to include snap's vertical ads in their own products and share revenue in an unspecified split. Interesting. It's a move that gives the investors reason to believe Snap still has growth potential, although for now, Snap said it has not signed up any partners to participate. Snapchat is dead. Snapchat's just a wasteland of just advertisements, nudes, uh, people trying to sell weed. It's really... um. It's really a disgusting place. 
I remember I used to have a lot of friends on Snapchat. Like, it, you literally used to be Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Now it's just Twitter, Instagram, pretty much. Such a cannibalization of a product. Snapchat Stories was such a pioneering tool for social media. And the fact that other companies flat out just copied, not other companies, fucking Facebook just flat out just copied it. It's pretty, uh, it's a pretty um, interesting move. Pretty interesting move. I don't know if you remember, but um, Facebook tried to buy Snapchat a couple times. Snapchat was like, no. Facebook tried to make a Snapchat clone. Forgot what it's called. But they did it a couple times. Failed horribly, miserably. Then Facebook said, fuck it. We're just going to put stories straight in Instagram. Took off. Now you can find fi- now you can find stories on Facebook too, on YouTube, YouTube stories, um, and probably soon coming to Uber because everybody needs to have stories for some reason. Um, Instagram stories are dope. It's they're becoming a little too, a little too um, meme-y. I kind of like the days when people were just sharing their day, but now it's becoming too much like a blog. Which is fine, I guess, but that's not really how stories was intended to be used. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? See, so yeah, man, if you can't beat them, join them. Snapchat's trying to sell itself as an advertising platform more than a social network at this point. And their growth is slow. Their product is shitty at best. It was never particularly good. It was just unique, but now it's not. So... Good luck there, Snapchat. Good luck, good luck, good luck. I thought Tinder already had stories for some reason. So let's get it going. Justice Department says our attempts to prevent Netflix from Oscars eligibility could prevent antitrust or could violate antitrust law. This is another article from The Verge. Um, Damn, what is this, an episode of Processing Power? Yikes. All right. This is from Nick Stat. Before we jump into this, we talked about on the last episode of old people complaining about new people things. Steven Spielberg was giving um, Netflix shit, and he said that uh, Netflix or streaming movies in general shouldn't be eligible for Oscars eligibility. Netflix said that's not cool. What about people that can't afford a $17 movie ticket or don't have a movie theater in their hometown or directors that don't have a studio backing them, and their only way of getting their uh, movie distributed is via the internet. They deserve some recognition as well. Steven Spielberg called them television movies. <coughs> kind of agree with him there, but you know, there's actual like movie movies on Netflix. It's like times are changing, man. Huh? Excuse me, just drink some water. Times are changing. Let's jump into this article. So. How could they be violating antitrust law? The U.S. Department of Justice has sent a letter to the Academy of Motion, Picture Arts, and Sciences warning that any attempts to bar or limit Netflix and other streaming services from Oscars eligibility might violate antitrust law, considering the Academy's membership includes studios and media conglomerates that compete with Netflix, Amazon, and others. The letter 
the existence and contents of which Variety reported exclusively early today, suggests that federal authorities are keeping a close eye on Hollywood after reports earlier this year that filmmakers and studios would sink rule charges designed to make it difficult for streaming services to qualify for Oscars. Instead, as director Steven Spielberg has reportedly proposed, well, these movies should be eligible only for Emmys unless they secure wide theatrical releases that don't coincide with a simultaneous simultaneous release on streaming platforms. Quote, in the event that the Academy, an association that includes multiple competitors in its membership, establishes certain eligibility requirements for the Oscars that eliminate competition without pro-competitive justification, such conduct may raise antitrust concerns. That's from Makin Delrum, the DOJ. The company's first Best Picture contender, Roma, from celebrated director Alfonso Cuaron, had a limited theatrical run in the U.S. last fall, ahead of its Netflix release in December, and it went on to win three Oscars for Best Cinematography, Best Director, and Best Foreign Language Film. The windowed approach was because theater change in the U.S. typically fought Netflix over exclusivity windows, requiring that films be shown in theaters prior to showing up on the day of the service. The fallout over Netflix's desire for so-called day-and-date releases has caused significant controversy for a number of films. Okay. Just let them in the Oscars, man. Just let them in the Oscars. I can't see how limiting where these um where these films can compete in terms of award shows does seem a little anti-competitive and it really just seems like Mr. Steven Spielberg is trying to stifle innovation here. Pretty uh Ironic that he's shitting all over Netflix and streaming services when literally last week he was standing on the stage at the Steve Jobs Theater at the Apple event talking about how awesome Apple TV Plus is going to be and how we should pay a premium to watch his fucking documentary only on Apple TV Plus, their new streaming service. That event was so obnoxious. It was just a, a, a bunch of elite people patting themselves on the back. It was so fucking like... I'm starting to think... Apple's becoming a little out of touch. It it reminded me of that title, that title uh, event with Jay Z, and he had fucking Dead Mouse and Rihanna and Beyonce and J Cole and Big Sean, all of them up there, and fucking Madonna on the stage, Kanye West, John Legend, Jesus, all of them were like, "Hey, this is for you guys." No, it's not. It's for you. It's for you. God damn it. Damn. Out of touch. Out of touch. Out of touch celebs. I love it. I love it. So much more. So much more to talk about. Um, We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back after uh, a quick commercial because we have a lot more to discuss. This is Dark Racial Humor. I'm Bonjan. Yo, what's up everybody? Welcome back to Dark Racial Humor, free-flowing end of conversation about whatever's appropriate at the time. My name is Bon Jim, I'm your host today. We're talking about a lot of stuff right now, I think. I don't know. Do you remember a while ago when um, H&M had that 
ra- racist scandal thing. And they lost a bunch of, I guess, press. No, sorry. They lost a bunch of partnerships with uh, very high up there celebrities like The Weeknd and Beyonce. We're going to get to that in a second. Um, it was, uh, they, they had an ad of a little black boy. He was wearing a coolest monkey in the jungle shirt. And they uh, received a lot of backlash from that, obviously. Anyway, fast forward. Beyonce had a a um a clothing line deal there. Her clothing line is called Ivy Park. It's basically a bunch of it's a lot of athletic wear. Um a lot of, a lot of basic stuff. Nothing really innovative or exciting. Uh that just like say Ivy Park. Presumably named after her daughter, Blue Ivy. Um, yeah, what I think about the clothing is irrelevant. But, just so you know, um, it's it's out. <laughs> oh, wait, wh- why was I even talking about this in the first place? Oh, Beyonce is, uh, this is from Business Insider. Beyonce is partnering with Adidas to create a new shoe and apparel and relaunch her Ivy Park brand. Oh man, excuse me. Oh Jesus, God, I'm horrible at this. Beyonce is partnering with Adidas in a groundbreaking move for the, you know what? I honestly don't care. So how's it groundbreaking? She's Beyonce working with Adidas, the most famous woman in the world working working with one of the most famous shoe companies in the world. It's not groundbreaking. It'd be groundbreaking if. Someone from South Central designed a shoe for Adidas without being famous or or shit. That would be groundbreaking. Let's move on to the next story. How about some what-the-fuck news, you know, to to end off the day. To end off this beautiful, beautiful cloudy day in South Los Angeles. Okay, next story. A little context. There was a boy a while ago. His mother apparently committed suicide, left a note, said, you'll never find my son. Today, or recently, some guy said, hey, I am that boy. And they did a DNA test. Here are the results of that test. Back now with a disturbing mystery out of South Carolina and a community rocked by the death of a young student. She was last seen late at night getting into a strange car. And tonight, questions swirling. What happened? Here's ABC's Diane Macedo. Police have made an arrest in the mysterious death of 21-year-old Samantha Josephson, last seen alive getting into a car her friends reported. Holy shit, this is the wrong story. Holy shit. (laughs) Okay, so this story is a girl who was drunk, got into the wrong Uber, and got murdered. Back to this. They believe she mistook for an Uber. A day after she vanished, police say they found her body in a wooded area. Her body had been found by... Uh, a couple people hunting, uh, turkey hunting in a, in a field in a, what was described by the sheriff to us as a uh, wooded area. A surveillance camera appears to capture the moment Josephson gets in the back of what police describe as a Chevy Impala around 2 a.m. on Friday in a popular area near the university's Columbia campus. But friends later called police saying Josephson never came home and wasn't answering repeated phone calls. Her father writes on Facebook, It is with tremendous sadness and of a broken heart that I post this. I will miss and love my baby girl for the rest of life. 
Samantha is no longer with us, but she will not be forgotten. Neighbor James Minich was in tears. I was devastated, devastated. We're best friends with the family. We've known them since Sammy was born. We just can't believe it happened. Josephson was set to graduate in May. The school is now encouraging students to travel in groups and to download a safety app that can alert the police if the user doesn't reach their destination. Wit? Diane Macedo, our thanks to you tonight. Super sad, super sad, super sad. Who is to blame for this? Uber? The girl? Honestly, probably the girl. It's super unfortunate. But, you know, Uber has lots of things in place to make sure that things like this don't happen. Like, they tell their drivers to ask for the person's name just to verify. So apparently that didn't go, that exchange didn't go on. Uber also has, like, a tool that lets you share your location with your friends. Um, but a lot of people don't know about that. This is a uh, super, super unfortunate that it happened. Just months away from graduation, too. Really could have happened to anybody. You know, stumbling around after the bars, getting to a fucking... All the fucking Ubers are black cars for some reason. Super sad, super sad for the family. Anyway, back to the previous story we were talking about. Boy, let me... <laughs> rehash that real quick boy boy's mom commits suicide leaves a note that says you will never find my son son's missing grown man comes out of nowhere and says i am that boy they got to do a dna test to see if he's really that boy what did the dna test show let's find out we have an update now to a story that we have been following for the past uh, couple of days. The FBI now in Louisville has released a tweet uh, saying that DNA results have been returned, indicating the person in question is not Timothy Pitts. And we're talking about a 14-year-old boy who turned up in Kentucky uh, claiming to be that young boy who disappeared back in 2011. Uh, when he was six years old, he was kidnapped in Illinois. That's his home state. But now the FBI in Louisville is saying again that DNA results have been returned and they indicate that the person in question is not Timothy Pitson. So this story has taken another turn. Uh, sad story for the family of uh, Timothy Pitson, who may have had just an ounce of hope there. Now it again continues to be the missing case of the young boy. We'll continue to update you on this story as soon as we learn more developments. But for now, we'll take a quick break. Crazy, sad man. Um... Yeah, that grown man does not look anything like a little boy to, to, to show the picture of. Why would somebody do this? I don't know. Attention, probably. Blowing up on the internet. It's it's fucking stupid bullshit. Definitely, definitely uh, a, a WTF News Hall of Famer right there, fam. Um, Jesus Christ. Imagine, oh, jeez, I'm yawning on a mic and shit, so professional. Imagine being in that family, and you're just like, dude, I haven't seen my brother in eight years. And now he's back? He's fucking back. It's him, it's you, you're, you're, you're the guy. No, it's not. He lied. That sucks. People are fucking weird. Fucking weird, fucking weird. So, as you can probably tell, I have a lot of time to kill. I've basically run out of topics to talk about. So I'm going to scroll through Twitter on the air and hopefully find something of interest. It looks like 
nothing's going on. Let's hit that plan B real quick. Google.com slash news. News, news, news. Google.com slash news. All right. All right. Mueller report. I don't want to jump into that right now. Fuck that. Trump ignores his own history and taking a jab at Biden. But we knew that. It's like we talked about everything today. Oh, this is interesting. Mormon Church decides to reverse its anti-LGBT policy. In a surprise move, the Utah-based religious group said that it no longer would ban children of gay parents from being baptized. Gay marriage will also no longer be treated as an offense worthy of expulsion. Around 1,500 people reportedly left the church in protest when its anti-LGBT policies were rolled out in 2015. Damn, that was recent. Members of the church worship Jesus Christ but have substantial differences in beliefs to the Catholic, Protestant, and Orthodox Christian denominations. Notice the church... Okay, so now it's just given a Mormon thing. The group said it would allow children of LGBT parents to be baptized so long as they had parental approval. As part of the changes, gay marriage would also be considered a, quote, serious transgression, but not an act of apostasy. Instead, the immoral conduct in a heterosexual or homosexual relationship will be treated in the same way the group added. Huh. This is to reduce the hate and contention so common today. But he insisted that they did not represent a shift in church doctrine on marriage, chastity, and morality. The Mormon church, man, they're caving in, bro. They're caving in, dude. Is this what Jesus Christ will want? Is this what Jesus Christ, for you to cave in to society? Horrible. Horrible. This is dark racial humor. Folks, um, quick reminder, if you enjoy the podcast and you want to hear our sweet, sexy voices every day for the rest of your lives, you can actually go ahead and donate a small amount of your hard-earned money um, by going to anchor.fm slash humor. one word, clicking support this podcast. You can either throw in $0.99 cents per month, $4.99 per month, or $9.99 per month. Every penny helps to keep the lights on here at Adobe House Records. Also, if you are interested in us promoting your product, because you know we have thousands and thousands of listeners every day, uh, shoot us a message on Anchor or just email us at darkracialhumor at gmail.com. Yeah, kind of a slow news day, honestly. Um Um, what did I want to talk about? I want to talk about, there's like this, uh, this guy, this, I guess he's like an emperor or something, just rolled out a bunch of gay rules, uh, <laughs> about like being stoned if you're doing, uh, acts of homosexual, engaging in acts of homosexuality, and I've been seeing a lot of Instagram influencers posting posts saying that they should boycott a certain number of hotels because um, this guy owns the hotels. Hotels in Los Angeles, New York, France, Italy, 
fucking hotels like the the Beverly Hills Hotel and the Beverly and just like just stupid expensive ass hotels that uh normal people wouldn't go to anyway cuz they're fucking expensive so it's kind of like it's kind of like the the influencers are talking to themselves in in that in that regard i thought it was kind of kind of interesting kind of funny it's like yo i can't boycott this cuz i wouldn't i wouldn't go there anyway but i see your message though cool all right you know what that's probably where we're going to or i'm going to end today's show just to let you know i'm bonjen i'll probably You'll probably be hearing me tomorrow. And uh, this is Dark Racial Humor. Free-flowing, in-depth conversation about whatever's appropriate at the time. Talk to you tomorrow. Peace out, baby.